0: All right, so Oklahoma, they squeaked out a win against UCF. And although the recruiting weekend that I think a lot of us had big hopes for really wasn't there in terms of visitors, yes, I know it. We looked at some of the visitors that were supposed to be on campus, and some of them just didn't show up. So we got to talk about it. We got to dive into what's going on with Oklahoma recruiting. Look at some of the crystal balls flowing in for Oklahoma. And we got to give our thoughts on it. But guys, before we do that, make sure we take care of the house cleaning. Hit the like and hit that subscribe button. Guys, it helps me out. It helps me know that you guys like this content. So just make sure you hit those two buttons real quick. But let's go ahead and let's dive into it. So I think where I want to start off, is with the list of visitors that were supposed to be on campus that did not make it, right? Most notably, five-star offensive lineman Michael Fasusi was not able to make it this week. Um, Just, it's kind of hard. 11 a.m. game, driving up from Texas. A lot of people need to come in the night before, finding hotels and things like that, and playing the night before. It's just not easy, right? So, uh, and Michael Fasusi wanted me to come down to Louisville to watch that game on Friday night. So I'm sure for him, it was just a combination of, hey, like, it's hard to get up there for an 11 o'clock game. I'm sure a lot of these bigger recruits, uh, you'll see them probably come in if Oklahoma gets a night game. Uh, But I think at this point, the only hope for that is West Virginia. So we'll have to see if that one ends up coming to fruition. So Michael Fasusi did not make it. I know I saw the rumors that Kobe Black was going to be in town. And now that we're past this weekend, I want to post my thoughts here about this. Oklahoma was not included into his top five. So when I started to hear that Kobe Black potentially might be on campus, this was one of those things where I was just like, "Uh, it's going to kind of believe it when I see it type of deal. Because I get that he was at the Red River Showdown and he watched what Oklahoma did to Texas there. But at the same time, we have felt like this was a really big Texas lean. And the fact that Oklahoma was not in his top five and then all of a sudden he's going to take a visit to Oklahoma in the middle of the fall to go watch a game against UCF, it just didn't seem likely to me. And then, of course, he didn't show up. So there's a reason why we didn't really talk about Kobe Black coming to campus because uh, if you're telling me that you know, OU's got a chance there. I wouldn't throw it out because I know the staff's really good and they're going to get in on somebody late in the cycle that maybe we all just kind of tossed out or forgot about. But at the same time, this is not one that I'm saying, hey, Oklahoma's got good chances here. I would think if Oklahoma had chances to land Kobe Black, it's probably a less than 15% chance. And Texas has probably got the best chances at, 45%, 50%? 45 50%? I mean, Texas has, we felt like been in the driver's seat here. Now, additionally, you guys have probably seen my tweets talking about it. I had kind of gotten rumors and heard wind of a five-star that was supposed to be on campus today that is currently committed, or, well, on campus Saturday that's currently committed somewhere else. Now, we're not going to break it, but we'll maybe talk about that person later. And uh, they didn't show up yet. But this person is on FlipWatch, And this is going to be somebody that we're watching for every single home game. And when it feels appropriate, we will put that name out there when he's on campus, when it's appropriate. Now, Eddie Pierre-Louis was another guy that did not make it on campus this weekend. Or at least, I didn't see him. And, and at one point, I was down there talking to some guys. So, I, I didn't see him down there. And you kind of wonder how that's going to play for Oklahoma since they were one of the two teams that really is vying for the commitment of Eddie Pierre-Louis. You know, this was one where we would kind of heard, hey, maybe it was a silent commitment in favor of UCF. And although I still like where Oklahoma sits in this recruitment, you almost have to wonder why did he not show up on Saturday when this was the game that we kind of had circled that this kid would show up to, if any game, because, well, it was the two teams that he's looking at, and They're playing each other at the school that he would consider his dream school. So this might be maybe something we want to keep our eye on, but Eddie Pierre-Louis does not make it on campus. And uh, again, I don't think anything too... I don't think it's anything that we need to worry about too much at this moment, but something we want to monitor and keep our eyes on. Now, guys that you did see on campus, Nigel Smith, the four-star defensive line commit. uh, Obviously, your common offenders. Xavier Robinson. Uh, you're going to have Michael Patterson. Michael Patterson-McDonald. Andy Bass. Josh Sosa-Bergen-Kaisar. Kevin Sperry. Those Carl Albert kids. And then, Michael Boganowski was on campus. Your newest Oklahoma safety commit. So, great to have him on campus. Along with the four-star safety, Reggie Powers. Yes. You guys remember that name? And this is, I think, where we need to start talking about some of these crystal ball predictions. Because you've seen Reggie Powers decommit from Michigan state after everything that's going on out there. And recently you've seen over the past, over the weekend, you've seen some pretty high tier crystal balls come through one from Steve Wilfong, the director of football recruiting over at two, four, seven um, Allen. And I believe his last name is um, As well. You had Nick Oson. So Oklahoma's got some crystal balls coming in favor. I will say this. Stowing still an Ohio State crystal ball out there in favor of Reggie Powers from Jeff Erman. Not saying that Reggie Powers is going to Ohio State, but I said, hey, if there was any school that I would watch that would make a late push at Reggie Powers, it's going to be probably Ohio State. Now, I think it all depends on what happens with their secondary and exactly with how they feel with a Jonah Williams and Devin Sanchez come 2025 because I think they are trying to position themselves really well with both of those recruits. But Reggie Powers, originally from Dayton, Ohio, he took five visits to Ohio State. Five visits. and. It's kind of one of those ones where I was just like, "Mm, man, they could make a late push, and they could really cause Oklahoma problems. But you guys know, we've talked about it. I like Oklahoma in this position. Reggie Powers would be a great cheetah for Brent Venables, and that is where they are recruiting him. So right now, Oklahoma. But if Ohio State makes a late push, that's one you would want to keep your eyes on. So we got to look at some other guys that you've seen crystal balls flowing from, like a Tristan Haynes. You know, the four-star cornerback out of Midwest City at 6'2", 160 pounds. Wouldn't Oklahoma fans love to not have a 5'10", or a 5'11", cornerback coming into this team? Because I've seen y'all, anytime we get a commitment from one of those guys, y'all raise a stink about it. Like, a 5'10", or a 5'11", guy can't play yet. Alabama and Georgia win championships, and they have 5'10", 5'11", corners. So, Pick your poison. No, uh, in in all seriousness, Tristan Haynes is starting to receive some predictions to end up at the University of Oklahoma after Kevin Sperry uh, announced that there was a silent commit to the University of Oklahoma. And I feel like I know who it is at this point. But when you look at the scheme of things of who it could be, there's probably at least three guys that you really want to focus on. But, I like where Tristan Haynes sits after the latest predictions have flown in, especially after Kevin Sperry has announced that there was a silent commitment this past weekend. But, no, Tristan Haynes, he's got an elite offer list. 17 total offers so far. Offers from the likes of Alabama, Miami, Nebraska, Mizzou, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Baylor, TCU, Tulsa, UNLV, UTSA, North Texas, Uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, and Arkansas. So he's picking up offers from all over the place, and you would expect that with the strong senior season that he's having, that those offers would continue to grow. So this is just going to be another representation of how good the 2025 cycle is for the state of Oklahoma and for OU recruiting, right? If OU is able to go out here and land Tristan Haynes it's going to continue to add to this one of the best classes we've seen from the state of Oklahoma. And, I mean, here's the deal. is not even going to land every single guy in 2025 out of the state of Oklahoma because there's a quarterback, David McComb, who just got his third star and, well, a third star from on three, and he's already got one from 247, currently committed to Kansas, but I think this could be a four-star kid when it's all said and done out of Edmond Memorial in Edmond, Oklahoma. So, and then obviously you've got Elijah Thomas, Jaden Nickens, and Kevin Sperry already committed here. Kevin Sperry, not from Oklahoma, so maybe you take him out of that mix, but CJ Nixon out of Weatherford, Oklahoma. Nate Roberts out of Washington, Oklahoma. Like I said, Tristan Haynes out of Oklahoma City. You have Shakir or Shaker Rezig out of, Union, and then you have Riker Hoff out of Owasso, not to mention you've got Alex Knight. you've got guys like Marcus James, who again, Marcus James, another guy out of the Carl Albert area that I would expect that potentially could announce for Oklahoma here on November 2nd. That's when he's got his commitment date set. That's one that I would be watching for Oklahoma to be able to potentially land there. So Oklahoma, they're really trying to have the I would feel like the majority of this class committed by the time a lot of other teams are just starting to kick off their 2025 cycle. And you're going to be able to do it with a lot of okay prep kids. And what does this mean? Well, this means that the 2025 recruiting cycle for Oklahoma might not seem as fun as it has been in the past couple of years because you're receiving all these commitments in the summer when everybody else is but this means that the staff is going to be able to really focus their attention and time on some of their top prospects. So, Maybe a Bill Bedenboe is able to get a Jeff Levy to come in and help him recruit some of these five-star offensive linemen full-time. Additionally, maybe Jay Valai and Brandon Hall can really focus on some of these guys like a Devin Sanchez or a Jonah Williams. Maybe Todd Bates can go after another five-star defensive lineman and go balls to the wall for him, right? That's kind of how you have to think about it with the 2025 cycle. With all these commitments coming in now, it's going to be a little bit slower in the summer when everybody else is getting it. That doesn't mean Oklahoma recruiting is down. It just means, hey, Oklahoma's done a really good job at recruiting early. You might even see some 2026 commits flow in. Additionally, that means the staff is able to really focus on their top prospects. And I'm talking about top prospects going back to 2024. This is where we're going to end it, right? So, looking at guys that Oklahoma's trying to flip. Terry Bussey, Dominic McKinley, Williams-Wanary, Bryant-Wesco. Those are your four prospects that you look at and say, Oklahoma's probably really looking to end the cycle with at least one of those guys. And I feel like out of those four, they will end with one of those guys. And I told you guys at the beginning of the cycle, Oklahoma likely ends up with two five-star defensive linemen over just one, right? Said there was a good chance. The best chance was two. A good chance was three. And... The worst chance was one, right? That's that's That was my philosophy, and I'm sticking to it. Whether that's they land williams Winery, which I don't think is likely at this point. I mean, You already see people buying jerseys from williams Um, He's already doing ad shoots out there. I mean, the likelihoods that that kid flips, especially with the season that Missouri's having, I just don't see it, especially if Ryan Wingo and Jeremiah McCollin and some of those guys either flip or commit to Mizzou. And then you have Dominic McKinley, we all know things are bad at Texas A and M, so I think we're looking at the situation with Terry Bussey and Dominic McKinley, and saying, "Hey, if Oklahoma stays really, really engaged there, maybe they could pull off a flip from the Ags." Additionally, Bryant Wesco, right? We've talked about it. And Clemson just lost this past weekend to Miami. It would not shock me to see Bryant Wesco decommit from Clemson. Now I will say this: Bryant Wesco is on flip watch. We're going to be watching. And seeing, when does Bryant-Wesco show up on campus? I don't think it's a if Bryant-Wesco shows up on campus, but a when-he-shows-up-on-campus type of deal. That's where I think we're at right now with the Bryant-Wesco situation. And you guys know what kind of talent Bryant-Wesco is, because, well, we only talked about him quite a bit at the beginning of the cycle before he committed to Clemson. So, guys, I really want to hear what y'all's thoughts are, and I want to hear what you guys think about the recruiting scene for Oklahoma post-UCF. Wasn't exactly what we thought we were going to get in terms of visitors, but they saw a good visit weekend, just not a great visit weekend. In Oklahoma, they're 7-0, and so they keep winning. These recruits are going to keep noticing. If you guys haven't already, make sure you go ahead and you hit that like and you hit that subscribe button.